my friend just made this sound, a high-pitched bird call mixed with a blunder. We drove by another car that had their windows open and he did it to that car. And the car started following us and we're all just like, is this how it ends? Welcome back to Drive With Us Podcast and Happy New Year. I'm Bob Meat and I'm Taryn G and May year 2022, even though it's already March. So I feel like this is weird to say, like I feel like it's already almost halfway through the year, but May year 2022, we feel like lots of fun travel and road trips. And also happy three years anniversary of podcasting to us. Can you believe that we've been doing this for three years? No, we're (laughs) we're seasoned. We're seasoned. We're officially a podcaster. (laughs) Well, we're super excited to be back for another season. And if you have been tuning in from our early days, then you know how much we have improved from when we first started to where we are now. So we're super excited to share with you this new season where we I've started to bring on some guests that are not just the everyday driver, but also we have some professionals mixed in there. And our hope is also to get some experts to come on in the near future. We've had some wonderful conversations that we are looking forward to sharing with you with our guests from the season. Like we chatted with a NASCAR driver, an owner of a map company, and even a police officer turned commercial truck driver turned firefighter, <laughs> just to name a few of the people we chatted with. So be sure to subscribe and stay tuned for those episodes. And we can't wait for you to hear them. And be sure to check out our Drive With Us podcast YouTube channel, where you can watch as our guests share their crazy driving stories. We appreciate your support no matter how or where you listen. That's enough car keeping for the first episode of a new season for 2022. So let's meet today's driver. Today's driver is Joey Held, a writer and podcaster from Austin, Texas. He's the host of Good People, Cool Things, and the author of Kind But Kind of Weird, short stories on life's relationships. He also shared with us stories about the time his friend made a high-pitched blender mix bird call as they were driving, how his car was 100 miles away from exploding, and being pulled over and questioned about drug deals in the area. Here's Joey. Welcome, Joey, to Drive With Us podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. This is exciting. It's exciting to not be doing this in a car, too. That would be a little restrictive. <laughs> so excited to talk to you about your driving experiences. But before we drive... You always do this. <laughs> before we drive, yeah, before we drive into them. <laughs> before we dive into your crazy driving experiences, let's get to know a little bit about your background of driving. So what are some of the places that you've driven and where are you currently? I am currently in Austin, Texas. So this is one of the places I have driven. I've been here for close to 10 years, which will, I think, I think officially means I can complain about all the people moving from California. I think that's the rule is once you've been here double digits, that's okay. I actually moved here from California though. So I'm no, no better than everyone else that uh, people seem to complain about here. I lived in Los Angeles for a couple of years and did not have a car while I was out there, but still had plenty of experience on the road via driving other people's cars or riding the bus, which I did every day to multiple jobs throughout my time being there. So that was adventurous, just seeing the the wackiness of public transportation. And before that, I went to school in Miami and all the drivers in Florida are bananas. They all speed. You're feeling a little scared sometimes, but you're like, well, I'm making good time at least. And then I grew up in Chicago and so drove around the Windy City and all the fun Chicago suburbs. But I've also been to more than 20 countries and 34 states, I believe, if I have my count correct. I remember in Chile, I believe. No, that's probably wrong. Never mind. But I'm trying to think now. I don't remember where this was actually, but it was on some family vacation. Uh, We were in 
a car and we were being driven somewhere and i'm fairly certain our car got hit while we were driving just because the roads were so chaotic and, and jam-packed and our driver glanced out and he was like he kind of just made the decision he's like no that's not bad enough to warrant stopping so he just kept driving and i thought that was fantastic it's just like nah, it's not worth it i don't think that would happen in the u.s <laughs> <laughs> certainly not <laughs> It's interesting you mentioned that speeding is nice. I guess from the California experience, maybe being stuck in so much traffic than having the opportunity to go. It is nice. What's what's strange about California that I've seen at least, and this is largely, I would say, Southern California, which is when where most of my driving has happened. Although I was just in San Francisco and I saw similar things to this too, is people don't seem to realize when other people are giving them the opportunity to to get in front of them. They're like very set on getting ahead of one certain car. So I've seen this a couple of times where I'm like leaving a huge space. I'm like, please go ahead. I would appreciate if you did the same thing for me. If I was in this situation, you can get ahead of me. And they'll accelerate to try and get ahead of the car ahead of me, even though there's so much room to go right in there. But they're just like, dead set on that one person like i gotta get ahead of this volkswagen or whatever car it might be so it's very entertaining to watch and i'm just sitting back there like all right i tried and then it's more interesting when they can't get in front of them and they end up getting in front of you when you're like i was letting you get here anyway oh yeah yeah <laughs> they're very <laughs> defeated when they do it <laughs> so tell us a little bit i know you touched into this a little bit but tell us about your driving career itself is it something you love what's your relationship with driving uh, i tolerate it i don't mind it i think as much as some people do but it's not my favorite thing in the world to do i do kind of like driving when there's a nice scenery around me i took a road trip to west texas over the summer of 2020 when a lot of travel was still restricted so driving turned out to be the best way to travel and i don't know if you've ever been to texas but it is enormous and here's my fun fact that I am probably going to get wrong, but it's something like if you drive from Houston to Los Angeles, the halfway point is still in Texas because that's how big the state is. <laughs> and it is, wow. uh, there's a lot of, of cool things in West, Te well, cool might be relative, but there's a lot of pretty scenery in West Texas. So that was a very pleasant drive. And I think I like that when it's fewer people on the road and more more like animals, hopefully not on the road, but animals nearby. So you can at least get some nice views while you're going. I'd say I tolerate driving, I think is a good way to put it, but have been doing it as I'm saying this out loud now, more than half my life, which is pretty wild. The, the first time I drove, my mom took me to a parking lot and she's like, hey, you're getting your driver's permit soon. So why not practice before you're actually on the road? And I think it was mostly for her peace of mind, more so than teaching me how to drive. She's like, I don't want you out there if you've never driven before. And I remember the first time I pushed the accelerator down, we like zoomed across the parking lot. And I was just baffled at how lightly you have to touch the accelerator. Because as a 16 year old, you like you don't know any kind of finesse or anything like that. You're just like, let's go. Yeah, that's interesting. Our parents were like, we're not letting you go on the road until you go to driver's ed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we took a we took a driver's ed as well. And actually in Chicago, or at least in the Chicago suburbs, you could get a waiver, which I believe is a thing across a few different states, at least that I've heard. But I don't think it's it's consistent across the US, but you can get a waiver if you pass your driver's ed written test. And then I guess it's technically a driving test within driver's ed, but I don't think it's as extensive as the actual driving test. And so that's how I got my license was I got that waiver. And just to be difficult, the state every quarter will pick three dates 
that if your birthday falls on that date, you still have to take your driver's test. And I think it's just supposed to be like a quality control sort of thing. So my birthday, of course, fell on that. And they were like, you can take your test now and get your license, or you can come back October 1st and just use the waiver. And I was like, I earned that waiver. I'm going to come back. So I waited an extra, what is that, five weeks, I guess, to get my license. And a few of my other friends got theirs in the the time in between that. So they would like to rub it in with me. And I was like, whatever. That's interesting. We did have a guest from Illinois on our last season who mentioned the same thing of like yes. going through the and not having to take the test. And I'm just like, lucky <laughs> <laughs> yeah what else do you say <laughs> it's pretty great i'm trying to think if there were other unique to illinois weird things on the road i just remember driving a geo metro in our driving class which for for people who aren't familiar it's probably about the size of a volkswagen beetle but maybe even a little more compact and it, manual steering so very difficult to parallel park in the terms in terms of like turning the wheel but very easy in the sense of how small it was like you could fit it in very tight spaces and i don't remember ever doing an official test of parallel parking which i know is like a lot of people's biggest fear with the driving test but we practiced it one day we we went out to the range as they called it in uh, driver's ed and we'd all just get our own car and drive and the instructor had i don't know if it was a microphone or some some way to communicate with us while we were in the car and he'd just be like, all right, everyone line up. We're going to do, you know, we're going to do like going through these cones or we're going to do parallel parking. And we, we had one day of parallel parking. And I guess I impressed him enough with my tiny Geometro getting in between, like in a huge spot. I was just like, this is nice. I wish all parking was like this. You could have just drove straight into it. You probably didn't even have to parallel park. I probably did, yeah. <laughs> and that's so weird that the instructor was not even in the car with you. They're just like standing on the outside. Everyone get in your own car. I trust you. Yeah, kudos to him for for trusting us. He was in like a almost like an announcer's booth up at the top, and he was just able to see everyone, like a little bird's eye view, which I guess is is good. I don't, I don't know. And here in Maryland, well, before they remove parallel parking, that's the first thing they make you do on the test because if you fail that, they're like, what what's the point of taking you on the rest of the test? I guess that's good. Get it out of the way, right? Yeah, it wasn't good for me. <laughs> <laughs> So have you had any passenger experiences where you're like, oh, no, this was not a good idea. I shouldn't have gotten in this car. I would say almost every time I've driven stick with someone, because I have not met someone that's good at driving stick yet. I'm sure these drivers exist, but it has not been in my experience. Uh, and I tend to get, especially if I'm sitting in the backseat, I tend to get uh, motion sickness a little easier. And please do not take me on a boat into the ocean. I will certainly not do well. But I mentioned being in San Francisco recently, and those roads are super elevated uh, and very much, what is that, a 45 degree angle? I mean, it's great for the quads if you're doing a, a run or a walk up the hill. But otherwise, uh, it's it's not great for uh, cars. And one of the, the Uber drivers that I was riding with had a, a stick shift and just every like second would have to adjust something and it was just very herky-jerky going up this is almost like a roller coaster if it had just undergone maintenance and it wasn't fully back to functional yet that was a good time there's been a couple of times where i, I had a few friends in high school that like to ask people for directions and then leave before they got the answers and they thought this was the funniest thing and one time i was with them and they we're doing that too. And I was like, it is kind of funny. But apparently they came up to a guy a few weeks later after they had done this to him and tried to do the same trick on him. And he called them out on it. He's like, oh, I remember you kids. Like you just, you know, wasting my time earlier. I would have liked to have been a passenger for that. But alas. 
Yeah, but then when you actually need help, would they offer you the help? Unclear. <laughs> we probably burned a lot of bridges in that in that city there. Let's dive into your craziest driving experiences. I know some of the stuff you've said right now is like pretty crazy. I don't know if you can top it. We're going to try. And one of them, I, I was a passenger. We can segue with that since we were just talking about passenger life. I had, I, I want to make sure how I describe this of a high-pitched blender mixed with a bird call i it this, my friend just made this sound and i i won't even try to do it because it is it would just be a disservice to it but it was like super high-pitched and he could extend it really long and really loudly and yeah the best way to describe it a high-pitched bird call mixed with a blender and <laughs> He would just do this in like random settings and we'd be out, you know, with friends and some of the friends hadn't heard it before. So he'd just like bring it out in the midst of a conversation and everyone's like, what, what is that? So one summer day, I mean, this is, this is how kids entertain themselves. You know, you drive around and see what kind of mischief you can get up uh, into. And we were in some suburb that I don't remember ever really going to. I don't know why we were there, but we were driving around. It was my friend driving and then the one that could make the noise in the backseat. And I remember people were playing tennis and he made the noise while someone was serving, which is a huge no-no if you're ever at a sporting event. Thankfully, this was just pickup tennis at a court, but the person very badly messed up their serve. I am certain because of that. We all thought that was hysterical, again, because we're immature children, but it's fine. I mean, I'd still probably find it funny today, let's be real. Uh, but the then we, we drove by another car that had their windows open and he did it to that car. He made the noise. And for some reason, that car took offense to it. There's no words to it. It's not like he was cursing at them or flipping him off or anything with it. It was just, we're just going to make this noise as we drive by. And the car started following us. For a couple blocks, we're kind of like, oh, they're just going the same direction, sure. Even though it was weird that they actively turned around to, to get behind us. And then they kept following us. We were weaving through these back streets. They were still behind us the whole time. And Finally, my friend turned down a road that happened to be a dead end, and we didn't really realize it until we got to the end. And he just pulled into a driveway, some random person's driveway that happened to be available. And we're just sitting there, and the guy pulls up behind us, blocks us in. We can see he's just looking through the window, and we're all just like, is this how it ends for us? Is this going to get violent really, really soon? He stayed in his car for maybe like five minutes, and then slowly backed up and, and drove away. I, and I'm sure just trying to give us a good scare, which he did. So mission accomplished, random driver. Well done. Well, hopefully he didn't go back to that house that you pointed him to, hoping that he would find oh, you guys again. I didn't even think of that. I hope not. <laughs> Those poor people would just open the door and have a, a angry man outside, and they don't deserve that. Yeah, hopefully your friend doesn't do that anymore. <laughs> I don't think so, but who knows? Yeah, I feel like on the road distracting someone like that especially you know if it freaks someone out while they're driving could end up very yes. dangerous yeah especially people that like have their hands on the wheel and are like jerk jerk the wheel over one way when that happens never never a good time so we're gonna i guess we're flashing forward in time but still back many years i went to school at the university of miami as i said which a bit of a trip from the greater chicago land area and normally i would just fly down I didn't have a car for most of my time in Miami because you could get around pretty easily, at least in the, the areas I needed to go to without, without needing a car. But then senior year, my parents were like, you can take one of the family cars down, drive it, use it, 
cherish it. It didn't have air conditioning. It broke pretty early on. And I never got it fixed because college, you don't have a lot of money, even though I think my parents probably would have helped pay for it if I had gone. But I was just like, no, nah, I could just drive with the windows rolled down and didn't get it looked at until my parents came to visit pretty close to graduation. And they were riding in the car and we were going on the highway one time and I rolled the windows down and they're like, what are you doing? Just turn the AC on. I was like, oh, it's been broken for a while. And they were like, well, let's go get it looked at. And the mechanic told me that if I had driven for maybe about 100 miles more, the car could have exploded. <laughs> and I don't know how how drastic he meant of like, hey, there might be like a small fire versus everything just implodes like a Wiley e. Coyote cartoon or something. So I was glad we got it looked at. We got it fixed for the drive back to Chicago which I believe was going to take us about two and a half days. None of us are, are big speed demons, despite, again, Florida routinely going over the speed limit. We try to, to maintain a good speed. So we're all just kind of alternating maybe six to eight hours a day. And like, that's, that's fine for driving. And so while we were still in Florida, we were near Orlando, and it had been raining earlier on the trip. And I was in the passing lane. And the rain had stopped, but the road was still kind of slick. And so I was starting to get back into the other lane, but there was a car coming up real fast and I was trying to get by. So my dad made a comment like, oh, there's a car coming. So I moved back in the lane and talk about jerking the wheel. I guess I did that too fast. The car just starts spinning across multiple lanes of highway traffic. And I was 21 at this point. So I had no idea what to do. I still don't know if I'd fully know what to do in that situation, but I just froze and was like, all right, well, let's see where this car takes us. And we went across, if we were in the left lane, there were four lanes of traffic. So we went across three lanes basically and stopped spinning right at the end of the lane. So we could kind of just stumble off into the shoulder and get away from the road. But I still have no idea how no one hit us. The car that had sped up saw what happened and he pulled over to check that we were okay. And he made some comment. He's like, oh yeah, when I saw you trying to turn, I tried to speed up to get around you. And I was like, so this is kind of your fault is is really what you're saying. But I was so just happy that we were okay and and very shaken up over things that I still to this day have no idea how no one hit us. But the tires on the car had peeled back so much. So we had to get basically the entire structural foundation needed to get replaced on the, the wheels there. So we got to hang out in an Orlando suburb for four or five days while they were fixing it and then drove back, made it home safely. Wow. So surprisingly, another guest had a similar experience in California. <laughs> ah, love it. Those coastal states. <laughs> yeah, they just started spinning on the highway and then apparently he just stopped and he was facing the right direction. So he just kept going. Oh, nice. It's like, you guys are both very lucky that no nobody hit you. <laughs> yeah, it's I I am blown away because it wasn't like the middle of the night and there was no one on the road this was probably like three or four in the afternoon and definitely cars behind us so good good reminder to everyone to pay attention because you never know when a car might spin out in front of you i also want to know how you survived in miami without an ac like how in the world did you drive around with all that humidity that heat that's a great question i i don't know i think you, it just kind of becomes a way of life, I think, like knowing you're sweaty. And I don't think I understood the concept back in college. I don't think a lot of my friends did because we'd all kind of do this where you'd, you'd be like, oh, I'm just going to hop in the shower before class. You don't fully dry off because you've got like six minutes and then you walk outside and you're immediately sweating again. And I was like, why did I take a shower? That wasn't worth it. But yeah, today I could not imagine living, living anywhere without AC, but especially 
especially Miami. Oof. I know you mentioned you've been all over the U.S. and to so many different countries. How would you describe drivers in those different areas? I think there's definitely some similarities. A lot of people seem to have an aversion to turn signals, which I've noticed, both while you're on a highway switching lanes or just on the road casually turning down a block. I'll even see that by, we live on the corner of a street, so I'll even see that with cars at the stop sign on on the corner here. They'll just either casually glide through the stop sign without letting you know which way they're going. So if I happen to be trying to cross to the other side of the street while that's going on, sometimes I have to do a little frogger action. And then I guess Austin, I, I like to say it's like a melting pot of drivers that probably didn't ace their driving test which maybe is slightly harsh, but you get all the different kinds. You'll get like distracted drivers, the ones that are in the passing lane, but going below the speed limit, uh, the people that will accelerate really quickly to get to a red light, like from one red light to the next. But just in like discussions with friends, it seems like some of the rules of the road, people have very different opinions on of like, what you do like at a roundabout or at a four-way stop sign or other things that where it's like not so obvious what the answer is just the the variables from what i've heard from people make me think like oh maybe this wasn't taught in wherever you're from because austin does have a lot of transplants you do get a nice little mix of all all kinds of experiences which is both good but also a little alarming sometimes yeah it's interesting you mentioned that because each state has their own way of testing you for driving and their own laws even if people don't follow all of them and then you move to a different state and you're kind of still in that mindset of where you used to drive mm-hmm. and you're bringing all that with you so then it just causes people to either be annoyed at you and it's like come on you're like in this other place now that's not how we do it here <laughs> How would you describe yourself as a driver? And would you say that your friends and family agree with you? I would say I'm a fairly good driver with a propensity for wide turns. <laughs> Not in the sense of like some people will do the little maneuver where it's like they're turning left. So they'll get into the next lane to the right of them to do that. Mine is more just like on a lane. I want to make sure I'm either not hitting the median or I'm not hitting. And this is specifically for left turns, like not hitting the median or if I'm in the like second from the left turn lane, that I'm not going into the lane next to mine. So I'll take take a little wider turn. I sometimes will end up in like the shoulder on the road that I'm turning onto, but we we course correct very quickly, so we get back to it. And I'd like to say I'm not as easily distracted as some other people that I've seen. I'm not texting while I'm driving. I like to think I'm not looking at maps very often when I'm driving, although there probably have been a couple times if I'm unfamiliar with an area where I might glance down. But again, try to do that at red lights and not not be too crazy. I'm normally pretty patient. Occasionally, I'm, I'm less like mad at other people and more just like bewildered. You mentioned how you don't text and drive. I don't know if you've been to Maryland, but I feel like that's a common thing we see. And it's it's scary to be around someone who's not paying attention to the road and they're on something else or on their phone. And you're like, I'm going to back up now and get out of your way. (laughs) Oh, yeah. There was a, I remember maybe the last time my parents were in town, we were driving on the highway and I I saw a woman who, she looked like college age, so probably had not been driving super long, but she was most certainly texting. She was in the lane next to us, definitely texting. And then so I was like, okay, I'm going to let her like get ahead. And then she got into the lane ahead of us in the passing lane. We basically switched spots. And then I saw the car swerve and hit the median and a piece of her car fell off. 
and saw her stop for a second. And then she, I, I imagine with her tail between her legs, got off at the next exit and looked to assess the damage and everything. But I've definitely seen people on their phone, but I've never seen like the immediate results of what can happen from that. What would you say is your biggest driving pet peeve? I've got two that both seem to happen pretty frequently here. One is just not using your turn signal on the highway. Uh, I would say motorcyclists are very good at not doing that. And they're just weaving in and out of cars and stuff. And I'm like, that seems very unsafe, but you do you. And then also, this is this is one I've noticed more in Austin than any other city, but it's the slamming on the brakes and more so in, in residential areas, but slamming on the brakes and then putting the turn signal. I'm like, oh, I'm going to turn. Every once in a while, I'm like, okay, this car looks like they're going to turn soon, so I'll be ready. But usually it just comes out of the blue. They're going at a normal pace and then they're like, whoop, that's where I need to turn. Let me just immediately stop without even paying attention of who's around me. And thankfully, it's never resulted in rear-ending anyone. But one of these days, I'm just waiting for it. I'll be very sad. That's why you just keep your distance. Yes. (laughs) Be like, pay attention to everything. Always good. Keep the head on the swivel. Either that or everyone's just driving around not knowing where they're going. Yeah. They're like, oh my God, that's my turn. (laughs) Yeah, I I imagine that's a lot of it too, especially if they don't have a GPS, but even sometimes with a GPS. And and I get it. I've been in situations like that too, but I'm always wondering, is this like a routine thing for this person or do I just happen to stumble upon people that are here for the first time? Just you, every single new person, (laughs) you're stuck behind them. Nice meeting new people. It's fine. Have you ever experienced road rage? Are you someone who typically experiences road rage or have you ever experienced road rage? I have definitely seen it in action. Usually it's just like incoherent mumbling. I I had someone flip me off one time and I thought, oh, such an honor. And then there was one time, this is again, going back to my just kind of bewilderment of things. This was in Chicago. I was turning right out of a, a large plaza And across the street, there's a mall, so also like a big parking lot with uh, a left turn lane, obviously, as many, many lights have. And there was one car ahead of me, and it was a red light, but you can turn on red, and no cars are coming the other way. So I'm just waiting behind this other car, and they're not turning, even though their blinker's on, so like they're planning to turn. And I'm like, oh, maybe, you know, maybe a car's coming, and I just don't see it. So one car comes maybe after 20 seconds of that. So I'm like, okay, now they'll turn. Still not turning. And I kind of like glance again. Maybe there's one more coming. Another car slowly comes. I said, okay, maybe they're just unsure how far away they were. So now they'll go. They still don't turn. Then the left turn arrow comes on. So people turning left can turn. So that means cars oncoming start turning left. And then this person decides to go and almost crashes into the car that's turning left. And I (laughs) remember I had my window down. And I just yelled out, unbelievable! And... There was a woman with her, like a small child in the lane next to me. And she looked at me and without breaking eye contact, rolled her window up. Like she's like, this guy is crazy. And I was like, no, 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 it's the other guy. But that's my favorite road rage moment. And it wasn't even like, it was more just, again, like a how. How does this happen? Just slowly just like, and roll yeah. up window. <laughs> get away from the crazy man <laughs> exactly she's like we'll take the long way home it'll just back away and get get away from him have you ever had a time that you got a ticket yes i have gotten two tickets and the first time was when i was coming back from playing ultimate frisbee in high school it was like three months after i'd gotten my license 
And I was in the neighboring suburb, which I had never been to before or never driven to before, I should say. And I was just trying to find out what street I was on. And while doing it, I veered out of the lane because there were a bunch of trees. It was, I believe this was like November. So some, some fallen leaves and stuff and like trees kind of hanging over in the wind. And I was trying to look at a street sign and veered and then a cop pulled me over. And it was because I was going in a school zone, which apparently it was not just when school was in session. It also included midnight on a Saturday night. And I was going, I guess it was 14 miles over the speed limit, but he also thought I was drunk because of the swerving. So I had to get out and take a, a not a breathalyzer test, but like he, he made me recite the ABCs and do the whole like finger to the nose stuff. And I was just like, I'm just trying to get home, man. Like, I just want to go home. And then I asked him at the end, like, can you tell me how to get home? <laughs> I was like, where's, I like just named a street that was nearby. And he was like, oh yeah, if you just keep going straight, you'll run into it. And I was like, darn it. I just should have gone straight and I could have avoided the ticket. And then one other time I almost got a ticket. Uh, I don't know if you have ever done this for a job interview, but I had one. This was many years ago. If my current employer is listening, this was at my last job. I'm not looking. So don't worry. The the next day I had an interview with this place and I was looking it up on Google Maps and I was like, I'm not really sure where that is. So after work that day, I was like, I'm just going to do a little, you know, a little drive by and just see if I can figure out where it is. And it happened to be right by a railroad crossing. So it's like not clear where it is. And I drove by and I was like, well, this is where it says it is, but like, I don't see it. So I looped back around and I was like, let's try going past the railroad. Maybe it's like on the other side of the road do that, still don't find it. So I tried to do one more loop. And then I realized there's a cop following me. So I'm like, all right, well, let's just go home. I don't know where this where this is. I'll find out tomorrow. <laughs> just like walk and find out. So I'm driving, cops still following me. I'm like going down a couple of turns and stuff still behind me. So I'm like, okay, this is clearly just following me. And then I'm at a stop sign and realize that the street I'm on will get me back to where I need to be. So I turn on my blinker, I turn, I'm at a stop sign. And then there's another car that's coming at this four-way stop. I was there first and then they got there and then I go and then the cop puts the sirens on and I was like, oh, did they think I didn't wait for that stop or what? And this was maybe like, I don't know, three blocks away from where I had turned onto this street. The cop pulls up and and comes up to me and I was like, oh, what? Why am I being pulled over? And he, he said, oh, you, uh, you have to turn your turn signal on a uh, hundred feet before a light and you didn't back there. And I was like, is that really a law? <laughs> And he's like, yep, <laughs> sure is. And then he also brought up how there had been drug deals going on in the neighborhood. And he was like, you know anything about that? And I said, no, I'm looking for a job that I'm interviewing at tomorrow. And that's why I was here. He's like, all right. And then he goes and runs my license and everything. And at this point, the the previous tickets that I had had were expunged. And so came back clean and he was like, all right, I'm just gonna let you off with a warning. He was probably looking for a reason to pull you over. And then he's like, okay, he didn't turn his blinker on in 100 feet. Okay, oh. I can pull him over and ask him about this drug. 100%. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, that's a that's a deep pull from the law book. But a good <laughs> reminder, if you're ever like, hey, I need to turn. <laughs> and you've got a cop behind you, make sure you throw that blinker out. I wonder how long he would have followed you for just to try and find something. Just walks so into the house with me. Oh, God. It's <laughs> like, what's for dinner? I'm like, uh, why are you here? Yeah, I don't think they take it that far. I hope not. You never know. You never know. <laughs> yeah, I understand, though. When you're going for a new job, you're just like, 
I've done that. I've circled around, but luckily I haven't had a cop behind me. <laughs> you found the place. Yours is more obvious. Now that we talked a little bit about your past driving experience and your current driving experience, let's dive a little bit into the future of driving. What would you say are your thoughts on self-driving cars? I don't think I'd get into it. I think they're very interesting. I'm probably a little scarred from the show Silicon Valley, where Jared, one of the characters, gets into a self-driving car, and it's just supposed to take him from the office to home, so, I don't know, four miles. But it accidentally inputs uh, it inputs an island, a, a remote island, into the GPS, and it's like, all right, sit back and relax. It's 4,180 miles or something like that. And he realizes, like, wait a minute, this place is an island, so how am I going to get there? And the car drives him up into a shipping container, so he gets locked into this container and sent overseas to the island. And eventually gets out. The the odds of that happening are very low, but just seeing it as a possibility, (laughs) just kind of like, I don't know. And I like being in control of things. Like if a a self-driving car got into an accident, I'd be very upset. But if I get into one, I'm like, well, okay. That was, at least I can like, I was responsible for it. It wasn't out of my control. I am curious to see how they advance and what percentage of cars are going to be self-driving cars. But I don't think... It'll be, I say this with hope, but who knows? I I don't think it'll be an overwhelming amount in my lifetime, but who knows? We we could progress a lot in the next five years and then everyone will have them. Yeah, and then it's like, oh, well, now you have to have a self-driving car. (laughs) What about y'all? Are you getting in? Uh, No. (laughs) I also really enjoy driving. I don't know. I mean... You know, occasionally if you're like coming back from work and you're like, I don't feel like driving today and you're like, okay, today. But I I feel like I just enjoy driving too much. I I don't want to give that up. That's fair. Yeah, especially with your lengthy commute. It'd be a long, long ride with a self-driving car. It'd be nice occasionally if the car is like, okay, I'll take you home. Not to an island. I will take you actually home. Yes, actually home. (laughs) Yeah, I wonder if if self-driving cars were the thing and then they do get an accident. I wonder what would be the consequences for that because the driver wouldn't be responsible for that accident. Yeah, I think that happened somewhere. And I don't I don't remember. I don't think at that point there was a resolution. I think it was just like, oh, this crashed into someone. Look out. And I don't even think there was anyone in there. I think they were just like piloting a, a self-driving car. So it was just literally the car's fault. It's wild. A lot, lot to consider. Lawmakers and auto manufacturers good luck (laughs) yeah that's scary i know they're already doing like self-driving semi-trucks they're trying to test that out and i was like um (laughs) i don't know how i feel about that hard pass (laughs) or don't be on the road when i'm on the road yes yeah driving the remote parts of the country maybe it's okay (laughs) bonus question time are you ready i hope so if you could make one new driving law what would it be Ooh. I don't know if this would be a law so much as like a feature, but I'd like varieties on horn honks because there. I think there's times where I I'm honking someone where I can see like they're looking down at something and the lights turned green and I just want to do a honk of like, hey, lights green, you know, casual honk. But it comes across as just an angry honk because that's just how my horn sounds. Even like the lightest tap is still kind of like, and I I would like different options including like an apology honk. And maybe it's you hit the button if you, you know, you cut in front of someone or you start trying to change lanes and you don't see them and you you hit the button and maybe it even says I'm sorry, but like in car honk form, which I'm sure is just only adding to the complexity and possible distractions while you're driving. But I still think it would be nice (laughs) to have the different options. I completely agree with you. I think that would be awesome. 
I'm in that situation a lot of times where you're like, you're behind someone and the light turns green and you're like, hey, hello. <laughs> I'm trying to hit my horn like very, very lightly or I take too long when they finally realize. And it's like, I wish there was a polite way to just be like, hey, look up. And so I've just been like, move. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess as a, a sort of addendum to the law too, if you are not the, I'll say the second or third car in a line of cars, you do not honk when there's gridlock. Like there's so many times I see someone honking when there's like nowhere to go and they're like 14 cars back. I'm just like, what is this accomplishing other than annoying people? So let's add that to the law that you, you get different horn sounds, but you don't get to use them unless you're, you're closer to where the action is. And this is not like Asia or any of those countries <laughs> where honking is allowed at all times. Yeah, I think that's just the permanent. You've just got your hand on the horn, like one hand on the horn all the time. I totally agree. There should be a better way to communicate in the car than just one one sound for everything. But do you have any final tips or any advice that you would like to give other drivers? You mentioned it before of keeping your distance behind people. Like you don't need to be riding so closely behind everyone, which again, I am not always, I, I do not always follow my own advice, but I at least try to. Uh, and similarly, I, I haven't seen a lot of people do this, but I've heard about it happening of brake checks where you've got someone right behind you and it's like, oh, let me tap on my brakes. Possibly the stupidest thing you can do and will only result in your car being hit. So I don't know why people think like, oh, this is a way to get back at someone. No, there, there's no reason to quote unquote fight another driver or have any kind of battle with them. You don't know what they're going through. Maybe they're, they have someone in labor in the backseat or they've cut their hand on a wine glass and are trying to rush home to clean it up. That's based on a recent event that happened to me. I wasn't in a car, but I did cut my hand on a wine glass and I'm still am not entirely sure how that happened, but it could happen and you might need to drive to a hospital and you'd probably be rushing a little bit. So try and give people the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I never understood that. It's like, you're only hurting yourself if you try to brake check someone, the damage you're going to do to your own vehicle. <laughs> someone's like, I just hate my car yeah. so much. I'm going to destroy it so I can get a new one. Try, yeah, I'm just trying to upgrade. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on today. It was really fun talking to you and hearing about your crazy driving experiences. Thank you for having me. This is a fantastic podcast idea. So keep it up. Well, before we let you go, we want to give you a chance to plug anything. Yes. Thank you. Love a good plug. Just like in, in the car, a good plug. I guess my website's probably the easiest place to find all the shenanigans. It's joeyheld.com, very simple. And you can buy, I wrote a book that just came out in October of 2021. So very recently, still new. And the very first story, it's a book of short stories. It's called Kind But Kind of Weird, Short Stories on Life's Relationships. And the first story is about getting lost driving on your way to a wedding. So very topical. Uh, and then I always love hearing from people on Twitter too, at Joseph Currency, and share your favorite driving stories with us. Thank you so much for coming on. Safe driving. That was such a fun interview and a great way to start the new season. And it was truly a blast chatting with Joey. He had some very interesting stories to share, some unique ones, I would say. <laughs> yeah, you always hear people like, so like when we were younger, I know that we would, <laughs> it was really weird, but we would yell hi to people that were driving by, but... I guess people didn't really get angry at that point because they're just little kids. The fact that someone followed them because they made a weird noise. But okay, I think there's one thing between saying hi. If someone was just shouting hi out of their car <laughs> to people, I feel like they wouldn't chase you down versus some bird blender mix call. This wasn't even out of a car, though. We would do it out of our window. I know. Just in our fire window. Hi! <laughs> 
And then hide. Yeah. We would duck. <laughs> it was so funny. Until someone saw us. <laughs> and then they hid. And then that was a fun okay, time. That was weird because it was a teacher from that school. That we knew. <laughs> and then it was so awkward to go to school. <laughs> and we're like, hi. Look up. And then they're like, oh, they're gone. Then they popped up and we're like, ah. And then we, also they- should, we also should mention that we were in elementary school. So yes. this wasn't like us, high school us. <laughs> <laughs> no, not like weird teenagers. <laughs> we hope you enjoy listening to Joey's driving stories and our little fun childhood adventure let us know on instagram at drive with us podcast if you could relate to any of his stories and be sure to stay tuned until the end of this episode to hear a sneak peek of next week's episode with kyle lockrow a professional nascar driver from maryland yeah from the same state as us it was so exciting to talk to him he gave us all the behind the scenes of life as a nascar driver and he shared many crazy personal and professional driving stories like the guy who threw up during one of his extreme car experiences. Thank you for tuning in this week. And if you enjoyed this podcast, you can help support the show by sharing it with your friends or leaving us a review. It truly does help us get discovered. Thanks for choosing to drive with us and we'll see you next week. Charlotte Motor Speedway, March of 2018. Third time I've ever worked for Extreme. And this poor guy, he's all amped up and excited and he's nervous as can be. And we were in a nice yellow Ferrari. Well, we get on the second lap at Charlotte and all of a sudden the guy says, I think I'm going to get sick. And I'm going, oh, good. This is going to be good. And he got halfway out the door. The car's still rolling.